Thanks, Greg. Well, uh, really great to be back down here and glad that we could get through. We were certainly, it certainly wasn't our usual road here this morning. Uh, had to dodge a, a few sunken bits. But I'm glad that you managed to come, come today to the service, for those of you who are in this place. And again, welcome to those of you who are online. I have a feeling that that's maybe a, 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 good, a good portion of our, our churches today. Uh, Last week, Pastor Rick uh, was preaching, among other things, on love and the significance of love in, you know, behold, all things are new and the role of love in there. And, and, and one of the scriptures that he used was right at the end of that love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, which says, you know, when everything else is stripped away, when you, when you look at just that stuff that's left after everything else is done and dusted, you've got three things. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love, which Pastor Rick preached on last week. So uh, the, the thing is, it was in my heart to actually preach on another one of those. And uh, so that's what I'm gonna do this morning. And it just feels like it's gonna flow really well from where we were last week. Seems to me that when I start to think about 2 Corinthians 5.17, that when we're in Christ, we're a new creation, we're made new and that old things are gone and behold, all has become new, all, all is new, all things are new, that it really requires faith to not even just accept that, but to live with the kind of disconnection or uh, the, the challenge that we, we are so, we know that's the truth and yet it may not necessarily look exactly like our reality. That, that there are maybe parts of us where it's so clearly a new, there's a, a new hope that we have that we, never, we didn't have before Christ. And, but then maybe there's, there's other aspects of our life where uh, we, we, we thought it was new and then we go back to that thing that we know isn't God's best for us or you know, we find ourselves getting angry in, in that moment or offended or whatever it might be. And, and we find this disconnect between the truth that we know, behold, all things in you and what we're seeing in the natural realm. And so I really wanted to, uh, us to sit with this idea of faith and how faith uh, allows us to to bring this to being and how it allows us to live out our Christian walk and, that, and hold that revelation until Jesus returns or we go to be with Him. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is really just about trying to open up our hearts and minds for You to speak to us. And I know You've put this word on my heart, but I pray that it's not my words that people would hear, but it's the voice of your spirit speaking deeply into our spirits because faith is not some intellectual concept. It is a gift of God. It is power and it has to come from you. That revelation of faith has to flow directly from you into our spirits, into our hearts where we believe. So I just pray for open hearts, open minds, a readiness to hear what you're saying to us beyond the words that are spoken today in Jesus' name. 
Amen. I gotta say, I'm, I'm always a little reticent to preach on faith because of a few reasons. <laughs> I guess number one is if you've been around church or been a Christian for a long time, you've heard a billion messages on faith. Right? You, you know the Scriptures. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. If you've been around, you've heard a few messages on faith. And therefore, the danger is that I just say the word faith and you go, yep, yep, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know that, yep. And that it becomes so familiar to us and, and, and therefore we're not actually open for God to breathe life back into that revelation. And so I guess my first prayer for all of us this morning is that we would at least temporarily forget everything we've ever heard about faith and allow God to Speak this word as if it was for the first time. Not, not just a renewal of knowledge, but a revelation. That's what we really need when it comes to faith. We need a revelation. I'm also reticent to speak about faith because I do realise that this profound, powerful Christian truth has also got messed up with some pretty crazy doctrine. The, the prosperity doctrine, the name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. You, if, if you weren't healed, well, you didn't have enough faith. I think that's just so damaging. Uh, it's not the message of the gospel. It's, it's not a good interpretation of scripture. And so if you, if when you hear faith, you think, oh, no, no, that's, that's that, that weird <laughs> kind of, uh, skewed view of the gospel, that's definitely not what I'm talking about this morning. And it would be terrible if we lost the power, the significance of faith because of some people's abuse of that term. I guess a third reason why I, I, I get a little bit reticent talking about faith is just because it can also be a bit conceptual a bit, uh, you know, something we wrestle with as an idea. And, and I'd actually much prefer to talk about how faith or how whatever it is about a Christian walk is going to make a difference to our today, is going to make a difference to our marriage, is going to make a difference to the way that I parent my children, is going to make a difference to my workplace. And we could spend this time kind of wrestling with an idea and that could be interesting, but it needs to change what's happening in us today. So that's my aim. If we're going to talk about faith, let's make it practical. <laughs> let's bring it home. <laughs> uh, I think maybe one more reason that, that I just, I find myself going, God, is that really what you, where you want me to go is that uh, I have had tremendous faith for certain things over the years, a great sense of the promise of God, and I have been disappointed. And I think sometimes when we talk about faith, there, there might be that thing in your own spirit that says, yeah, 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 faith, it's good, but, but, uh, but, you know, I had faith for that thing and, you know, it, it didn't happen. I, I, I really was believing God for that and, you know, I, I, it didn't turn out the way that I thought. 
And so I, I really want to make sure that we address any of that disappointment, because if you've been saved long enough, you will have encountered this, this uh, challenge that we've got between what we're believing for and what we actually end up seeing sometimes. But for all of that reticence, I've got to say, nothing quite excites me like faith. I guess maybe because I grew up on it. I know that my dad was a great preacher of faith. I know that many of the books that I read growing up, you know, Yongi chose the fourth dimension back in the 1980s. Uh, I mean, amazing books and so inspiring and so just get you believing God, realizing that we're not just dealing with a, a good idea of Christianity or some values or some, some just some principles. No, we're dealing with a supernatural, omnipotent, omniscient God who is able to do anything and able to do the impossible. And we should be believing Him. So I... I get a bit excited about the idea of faith. It's shaped my entire Christian walk, this idea of, of living by faith. And, and I, I think it's not a, 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 just a sort of a secondary, it's not just an accompaniment to Christianity. No, you're not even a Christian except by faith. The very initiative to, to receive Christ is by faith. I've got a couple of scriptures here just to confirm that, but Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 says that we have been saved by grace through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift from God. Again, we read the same idea in Romans 10, 9 to 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, there's a faith, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So I, it's, impossible, it's impossible to actually be a Christian, except that we have received that relationship, that forgiveness, that everything that, that is being a Christian through faith. But then it's not just that that's the start of our journey, that's the rest of our journey. That's our entire life. It's a life of faith. Three times in the New Testament, it says the righteous will live by faith. So this is not just something we need at the beginning and then we kind of work out the rest of it as we go. No, no, no. It's a life of faith. I walk by faith each step. I, yeah, I think every generation's had their songs. <laughs> but it's not just because it's a buzzword, it's actually because it's, it's foundational to our very existence as believers. Believers, yes. right? <laughs> we are people of faith. That's who we are. And so when I begin to think about uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, the fact that we're new creations and the old is gone and the new has come, there's no way to approach that except by faith. So how does that faith work? What does that faith look like um, when it comes to that wrestle between the truth that we know and the reality that we live in? 
Hebrews chapter 11, of course, is, is just the obvious place to go uh, to, to talk about faith. This is the great faith chapter. Pastor Rick was on uh, 1 Corinthians 13 with love, so I may as well go to Hebrews 11 for faith. These are kind of our foundational understandings of these things. It occurs to me that uh, Hebrews 11, maybe I'll, just, maybe I'll just go there. Oops. Can I go there? There we go. Um, that Hebrews 11 both commends, it commends a whole bunch of people of faith, a whole bunch of our, our spiritual ancestors uh, for, for all kinds of, of acts of obedience and faith. And, um, but it, it makes this really interesting distinction between those who didn't get to actually see the promise fulfilled, but it still commends them, and those who did get to see their promise fulfilled, and it commends them. And the thing that occurs to me is that we tend to commend faith by its results. Oh, he's such a man of faith. All those miracles, all that healing. So we tend to evaluate faith by the results, but that's not what God does. God evaluates the faith by the faith. It's, it's, It's the existence of faith in Him, not the result. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I tell you what, the moment that you've seen it, you don't need faith for it anymore. Faith is no longer required. You know, I think of those scriptures where it says every knee will bow, every tongue confess Jesus is Lord. Well, doesn't that mean everyone will get saved? No, no, because we've just read salvation is by faith. But you see, when Jesus turns up, no one's gonna need any faith. He's here. So of course everyone's gonna bow down and go, Jesus is Lord. He's, he's God and He's gonna show up. But for now, our ability to connect with Him is through faith because we can't see Him. Can't touch Him. So it's the evidence of things not seen. You know, the behold, all things are new is, is really an invitation to faith says, because really we're not gonna see the ultimate fulfillment of that until the other side of this world. So our entire life is actually living with the revelation and the tension that behold, all things are new creates. So uh, the writer of Hebrews starts to unfold, starts to talk about uh, the faith of Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah who, who was able to conceive and have a child. And, and, and it says in verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises. But having seen them afar off, were assured of them embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. <laughs> you, know, you may well see, uh, there's a whole bunch of people here that, that, that actually saw some you know, amazing results of faith in this life. But, but we better keep reminding ourselves that we're just not of this world. 
We're no longer of this world. Born again wasn't just born again on the planet. No, it's born again for an eternity, which is where we ultimately no longer require faith because everything will be seen. But in, in between that time, there's all these people who are commended for their faith and didn't receive the promises, this side of eternity. So they, they believe, they're believing for this. They desire a better, that is a heavenly country. And therefore God is not ashamed to, to be called their God for he's preparing a city for them. Goes on to talk about the faith of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and on and on. And by the time we get to, um, oh, I gotta read that. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe uh, when she had received the spies with peace. What more shall I say? For the time would fail to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead back to life again. Those are the good ones, good stories. They're the ones we like. And we pretty much don't wanna read on. Others, commended for their faith, were tortured, not accepting deliverance. They might, have, they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had a trial of mockings and scourgings. Yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Great people of faith of whom the world was not worthy. All of these having obtained a good testimony through faith. Now, now listen to that, N not a good testimony through the result, through their expected outcome, but no, just a good testimony through faith. It was just that they held on to the promise, whether they saw the walls of Jericho come down or whether they wandered in the desert, they're commended for their faith, the good testimony through faith. So I, I find myself fascinated as I think about faith and behold, all things are new. I know for Chris and I, I, I think we, we can testify to both both having seen some extraordinary provisions of God, breakthroughs from God that just when we needed it, amazing answers to prayer, um, you know, just open doors at just the right moment, just the right times, such guidance that was clearly God's provision for us. And I, 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 I love those moments and I pray for more of those moments, right? But then I gotta say, we, we also feel like some of those that are mentioned in Hebrews 11, 
I mean, you know, Pastor Naomi and I, you, you would have heard us talk about mum and her, her conviction that she was going to be healed. And, and we, would, we would pray with her and believe with her. But then God decided her miracle was on the other side of this world. She was a stranger. She was sojourning through this life, but actually the, the miracle, the fulfillment of the promise wasn't going to be on this side. Well, did, we, did our faith fail? No, actually God, God commends the faith when we get, and I think this is one of the problems of a lot of the books that we might read on faith because what we tend to want to read is about a result. We, we want to read about how they believed. They, they were believing for healing. They were believing for a husband. They were believing for a breakthrough or a wife. They were believing for whatever it might be. And God gave them what they were believing for. Well, I love those stories. We've got some of those stories. I, praise God for them. Right today, we should be believing that God is able and that not just able, but willing to, to do miracles in our lives. We also got to be prepared that there might be some other idea in his mind. <laughs> and that that actually doesn't diminish our faith at all, but actually the reward is not in the result. The reward is in the faith. The commendation is in the faith. It's in our ability to stand on that truth and be unmoved, whether we're waiting a day or a week or a year or 10 years or until the other side. So here we are, all things are new. Maybe, maybe you're looking at uh, certain aspects. You, you see that, you go, amen. Behold, all things are new, amen. But inside there's a part of you that's going, yeah, but what about that? What about that area that doesn't seem to have yet conformed to the likeness of Christ? What do I do about that? Well, that requires faith to keep holding on to the promise and keep believing that God is in the process of transforming that and that He'll do what He's planning to do. He'll do what only He can do. He'll do the miraculous. He'll do that, that which we are unable to do as we hold to that promise through faith. I think this is a fundamental problem with the world today. That Somehow, people have got to believing that if I feel a certain way, whatever that way might be, or I experience something enough, that, that because that feeling or experience is not changing, or that must be who I am. So the truth becomes whatever is kind of persistent in our emotions or in our experience but that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God gives us truth which might be right in the face of what we feel, of what we experience. But as believers, we stand on this place and we're not denying our feelings. It's, it's a dangerous thing to deny your feelings. They, they don't, they're not happy when they're just ignored or subdued. They will find a way out. And it's generally not a healthy way out. <laughs> so, so, 
So I'm not talking about denying feelings. Uh, Emotions are actually really helpful. They are trying to tell us something. They're trying to tell us something, but they're not telling us who we are. Your feelings do not tell you who you are. God tells you who you are. And I'm not talking about denying our reality either. You know, that, that sort of, you know, I'm, I'm sick, I'm coughing up a lung in bed. And I say, I'm not sick in Jesus' name. <coughs> I'm, I'm, I'm well, I'm whole. Uh, look, I, I, I think that kind of denying of reality, I don't think that's what Scripture is encouraging us to do. It, it, <laughs> we, we, we actually accept that what, what we see and hear and feel feel like it's valid, it's just not defining who we are. So our framework for that is, yes, I know Jesus died on the cross and He bore my sicknesses and diseases. So even though I am sick at the moment, I'm approaching that from the understanding of the truth of what Jesus has accomplished on the cross. And so I'll stand in faith to believe that God wants to heal me, that He will heal me. Now, now I don't know, the thing is, I don't know whether this encourages you or discourages you. Maybe it's encouraging when you go, all right, well, if I haven't seen the the answer to that or or if I haven't seen the, the, the complete uh, behold all things in you in, in my life. Yeah, well, that's okay because it's a journey. Or, but maybe it's just discouraging. You mean like I could hold on to this truth my entire life <laughs> and maybe some parts of it might not be in my, act- my external experience? What kind of life is that? Well, I tell you what, it's the kind of life that God commends of our faith ancestors It's what God's actually looking for from us. I don't know, who's in charge? (laughs) I know what I want God to do. And I'll pray and I'll believe for those things and He may very well do those things. You know, He might just know a little bit more than me. And maybe instead of playing faith like as if I'm God or as if, it's faith is some kind of lamp that I can rub and just put my demand in. Maybe I should treat faith like this beautiful gift that God gives me to be able to live in the revelation of His truth. Let's get the band back up. Let me come back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. You have been saved by grace through faith, that not of your own. It's a gift from God. I guess the danger of perhaps talking about faith in these, uh, like this is that we might begin to think that it's work. Like we've got to we've got to hold on to our faith, and you know, for for however long, and uh, it, it's all this energy that we have to muster up. But actually, faith—it's a gift from God. 
You weren't even able to accept Christ, accept that the gift of faith, that, that He allowed that revelation to enter your heart. You didn't choose, you didn't choose Him. He chose you. So we can rest in that faith that He has given us and we can declare, behold, all things are new and we can declare it with confidence. And when someone wants to point out, yeah, but what about that? You can go, God's got it. God's working on it. He knows what He's doing. I'm just living in faith. <laughs> I guess, you know, I, I wanna throw the tensions in here. I think if we, on one side, we could become all too naturally focused and, and overly affected by our senses. And on the other hand, we could become so spiritual that we live in some kind of non-reality where actually God might be telling us to do something extremely practical. You know, like the person who's praying for their finances, praying for their finances, praying for their finances, and they really just should do a budget. So somehow we have to find that place of rest in the revelation that God gives us that both holds on, doesn't deny our world, but also doesn't live out of our senses. That's faith. That's the kind of life I wanna live. That's the kind of life I feel like we've been called to live. And I, whether you're, wherever you are this morning, I really pray that that revelation, that fresh revelation of a life lived by faith would be yours because it's freeing. It's not a burden, it's a joy and it frees us from needing to, to have a result. To ha no, they had a good testimony whether they had the result they wanted or not. We've got a good testimony if we're standing in faith. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes I am. Could we stand together? Let's sing that again, who the sun. Who the sun sets free, oh is free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes I Oh God, give us a fresh revelation of that truth. Who the sun, who the sun sets I'm a child of Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Who the sun sets free. Who the sun sets free. Oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I'm a child of God. Let's just sing that bit. I'm a child of Yes, I am. Oh, yeah. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Oh, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Yes, Lord, thank you. I'm a child. I'm a child of God. 